And that's what it is. When your loyalty is double-minded and you're like, today I'm living for the world and tomorrow I'm going to live for Jesus, then you're going to be tossed to and from. So if you want to get out of that being tossed around, you got to decide my loyalty lies in Jesus. those who trust in him but you have to put your trust in him and the first thing that I'm gonna I want to talk about is being double-minded because you can't one day be in him and one day be in you and one day be in gossip over here and one day be in the I agree with the media over here and today I agree with my husband and today yeah girl I don't like that girl I'm gonna come into agreement with you you gotta just you have to choose who you're in you gotta step out of everything else and at that point Now listen, it's a process. What I'm sharing with you is nothing that I haven't done myself. Trust me, I have been double-minded. We all have. We've all been in that place. That's why I can we can preach, I can preach this message today because I've been in that moment where I'm like, I'm done. I I throw in the towel. Why did I do this? Why did I choose this? I used to tell my husband, I'm like, I love you, but I hate your call. I'm done. I do not like ministry. I used to tell him that. Now I love ministry. I'm like, wow, Lord, because it doesn't matter who doesn't like me. It doesn't matter what I have to sacrifice because all these things shall be added unto you. When you step out of the stuff that you don't want to make the sacrifice for, you know, sometimes God has the call for you, but you don't want to step out in it because the sacrifice is too big. Come on now. Like what? I got to get my party life up? What you talking about? Yes. That's just, that's just being born again. That's not, even, that's not even to the ministry part. That's just the first step. Then there's the ministry part. Then there's the call. Then there's the assignment. That's okay. We're going to get to that on our pajama party. Okay? So, but anyways, double-minded. What happens, you know, when you, you got to, you have to, breakthrough happens when you can recognize where you're at. When you're blind to where you're at or you're blind to your thoughts and your strongholds and what's going on in your head, because it starts in the thinking. It's our thinking that gets us in trouble. It's our mind that pulls us down these rabbit holes. That's the first thing. It's our mind who tells us we can't do something. It's our mind who tells us we're not good enough. It's our mind that tells us, you know what, I don't like the way she did that. It's not my way. You know, it's our thinking. It's our perspective. So we have to decide to come up and say, you know what? Okay, I need to get a different perspective. Whose perspective is this? Is this, is this mine, my mom's, my upbringing, my friends, my schooling, my teacher? Where did I get this? Or is this grounded in the Lord? Is this grounded in Jesus? And you have to decide, I believe in the name of Jesus above all else. And no other voice will I follow. You have to get your mind and your thinking to that, to switch to that. Amen? Because I'm telling you, in that is every solution you need to fix any problem you've got. Because Jesus has every solution. So transformation starts in the thinking. It starts in the mindset. And I'm going to read a scripture. Let me see which one I got. I got everything bookmarked. That's, I know my husband's like, you need to switch to a real Bible. And I'm like, why? Like this thing like bookmarks all my stuff. It highlights everything. I can be like, oh, highlights. And I can search, I can search anything that I post. It's great. I can write notes to every scripture. I can write more stuff in this 
but you know, he's, <sighs> if the internet goes down, I'm, I'm messed up. All right, so now what I started doing is I started doing a little bit of both so I could, you know, he was right. I'm like, he's like, if the internet goes down, what, what, what's going to happen to you? I'm like, I don't know. So now I'm kind of doing both. But anyways, I just, I like preaching with this. This is great. So anyway, let's see here. I got to stop saying anyways. A double-minded, let's see. Here it is. Don't cop, this is Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And how does he do that? Here it is right here. We all decided that we are done with us when we came to Jesus, right? We all decided, you know what, me and, I'm not, I'm not working out very well for my own life. I need Jesus to help me. That's why we all came to Jesus because we knew we were at the end of ourselves, right? Well, it says this, you wanna change into a new person? The way you think, you have to change, it says transform into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Wow, come on now. Not only is he gonna change the way we think, but when we start to think the way he thinks, he tells us the will for you. So many people are like, I don't even know God's will for myself. I don't know the purpose that God has for me. It's that simple. Sometimes we make it complicated. Everybody say, I make it complicated. That's right. We're like, I don't want change. I don't want things different. I just want Jesus to come in, but don't change nothing. I want him to drop an atomic joy bomb on me, and I just want to be joyful for the rest of my life, but I don't want to change anything. That's just not how it works, guys. If you want it changed, you got to change the way you think according to what the word says, not any other voice, but his, what his word says. And when, he, when you start seeking him and changing because you want to change your thinking, you discover your will in that. Isn't that awesome? The word says that people perish because of lack of vision. When you have lack of hope, when you get to that place and you feel completely hopeless, it's because you're like, I don't even have a vision for my life. Where am I going? What am I doing? What's happening? Is this what I dreamed of? Is, was this the dream when I was a little girl? You know, that's so, what's so amazing about catching kids when they're young. That's why I was like, yes, bring your children. If they can sit through the tea party, bring them. I want them around these strong women of God because I want them to grow up saying, I'm a strong woman of God. Don't you know my daddy? I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. I'm sorry, I got my little horizon saying that. I am a Proverbs 31 woman. I am a prize. I am worth more than rubies. Yes, everything I set my hand to multiplies. Yeah, I did. And they looked at me like, girl, you fool yourself. And I said, no, the Bible says everything I set my hands to will multiply. I'm, I'm taking the word as what the word says because I'm in Jesus. Amen. And once I got it all out, they were like, okay, she's humble. She's still all right. I know Siobhan was looking at me like that. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, I want you to, let's see what the Bible says about being double-minded. Because it starts, the transformation starts in the thinking, right? So if we know that it starts in our thinking, let's look to see what happens when we bounce back and forth. One day in, one day out. Come on now. I have been there. 
I did it for many years before I surrendered. And then there's still things that I'm like, no, I'm, I'm in Jesus and I'm, I'm out of him and in him and on one, one area of my life. And then the Lord's like, when are you gonna fully surrender? Come on now, you're going around that mountain so many times. All you gotta do is surrender. So in Luke 10, that's where we're going in Luke. Double-minded. It says in Luke 10, 25, one day an expert in religious law stood up to the test of Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, now this is how you inherit eternal life. So after this life, I wanna make sure that I got a space in heaven. I wanna make sure my room is booked. Amen? In fact, I wanna have make sure my mansion's booked because in, in, uh, me and Havana were talking about it the other day and she was like, well, what's your house gonna look like in heaven? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm gonna have a really cool house and then I'm gonna come to your house and I'm gonna be like, wow, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I'm like, anything you can imagine to decorate your house, that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> and Jesus replied, what does the, Mo- the law of Moses say? Now, it's so, it, it's so interesting that he says, what does the, Mo- the law of Moses say? When everybody's like, we are in the New, the new, uh, new Testament. We don't live in the Old Testament any longer. But obviously, Jesus knew about what Moses had said, right? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. I want to make sure you guys understand that, all your mind, because a lot of times we don't pick out that we have to love him with all of our mind, all of our thinking. The way we think has to be in complete love of who he is. And the love, and to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Jesus told him, do this and you will live. You'll have a long life if you do that. All you have to do is love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That means your heart has to be towards him. That means you can't have bitterness, unforgiveness, blocked up, stuff that blocks us up. You gotta let that go because how can you love him if, you, you know, if, if all that's in there? You, if you're thinking about someone else all the time, you're never thinking about Jesus because this is all blocked up and it's all full of bitterness, right? And then all of your soul, all of your strength, that means everything you do and think, you're like, Jesus, is this, the, is this what he wants me to do? Is this what he wants me to be? Is this what he wants me to say? If this is everywhere I walk and everywhere I tread and everything I speak has to be according to his name, amen? Now, this is, this is like a, this is like, wow, is she expecting me to do this? I'm telling you, if you do do this, then you're gonna have a long life because that's what the word says. And you're also, everything that you lack and everything that you want, that you lack within yourself becomes whole. You become that whole woman that walks around with her chest up and her head half high and says, somebody comes against you, you're like, that's okay, they don't know who I am. I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. And it doesn't matter what they say. And when they come back, I'll love them because I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. I know how to fix anything that comes my way. If you don't know what a Proverbs 31 woman is, you gotta go read it. You wanna be that woman, you gotta go read the Proverbs 31 woman because it's good stuff. And then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. You can't love yourself unless he's in you because it's him that's in us that makes us whole because it's love the Lord your God with all your heart. 
strength, and soul. So once you do that, it's, it's like a step process. Love God, then love me, then love my neighbor. Isn't that make it so simple? But when we're double-minded, then it makes it a lot harder. Oh, that's James, James 1, 5 for the double-minded. Let's read that real quick. Double-minded, James, James 1, 5 through 8. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Make sure it's in him. Do not waver for the person with a divided, divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Come on now. As women, we've been in that place where we're like, man, as the wave comes, I'm going this way, and I'm going that way with it. I don't know how to just surf that thing and, like, stay stable, you know? You know, it's not like, oh, there's a wave coming. Come on paddle out, you know, on your surfboard and get up and like, hey, I'm riding this wave. No, we're tossed by the waves. We're going, we're drowning. We're like, ah, help me, Jesus. And that's what it is. When your loyalty is double-minded and you're like, today I'm living for the world and tomorrow I'm going to live for Jesus, then you're going to be tossed to and from so if you want to get out of that being tossed around, you got to decide my loyalty lies in Jesus. That's where my loyalty lies. And everything else, I let go. Because for my own sanity, I know I'm going to die in the waves if I don't put my trust in Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So that's where you decide in the moment. Break down or break through. Break down or break through. No, I, my loyalty stands in Jesus. I'm taking this wave. Bring it. I don't care. I might fall off my surfboard a few times, but I'm going to take those waves. Those waves are not taking me. Amen. The circumstances of life are not going to come and throw me down because my loyalty is in Jesus and everything I need is in him and he will make me whole and he will give me the strength and he will give me my peace and he will give me my wisdom and he will tell me how to raise my children. Amen? Amen. Now you're gonna be looked at as a woman like, hey, that's a strong woman. I, everything she's been through, I'm here to tell you, she has overcame everything. You need help overcoming someone? Go see that shield maiden over there. She will help you take your giant down. And then you're going to say, honey, I'm going to help you today. You need to put your loyalty in Jesus. And you teach them how to put their trust and loyalty in Jesus. And you help them take their giants down. And they're going to help other women take their giants down. Amen? Because that's who we were created to be. Ambassadors for the kingdom. Ain't nobody going to hell here in Port St. Lucie. That's our mission. They're going to have to move out this county. They're going to be like, them Jesus people, man. Not only that, but when you stand and you start putting your loyalty in Jesus, he tells you the will that he has for your life. And not only now do you step into the will that God has for you, but every time somebody looks at you, they're going to be like, wow, that's a successful woman. What is she doing? You know, it's going to be like those people that like, they go to the cars and they're like, hey, 
you got a really nice car. What do you do for a living? You know, we need to start that where they go around and we're like, wow, that woman, she overcomes anything. What does she do? You know? So anyways, that's the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about, about taking, changing the way you think, stepping out of being double-minded, stepping out of choosing between, constantly bouncing between the world and him. Make him your loyalty. Next thing I want to, this is another trick of the enemy that gets us every time. Now, I was raised one way, and you were raised one way, and you were raised one way, and you think manners are this, and I think manners are that, and everybody's got different things that they think and expect. Now, what happens? This is, this is where you gotta keep your heart clean. Now you've changed your thinking. Now it's about your heart. As you're on the journey, you're on it with Jesus, and everything is going good. And then all of a sudden, whoop, you're like, that person didn't say hello to me. They looked at me wrong. You know? But when you're in him, you become secure. Right? But what happens when we set expectations on people that they don't meet? Do you know how many times as women we set expectations? And when the expectations aren't met, guess what? We are done. I don't want to tell you how many times I threw my wedding ring at my husband. But I did. We're still married 21 years. That's why I can help you with marriage counseling now because <laughs> I know a lot of what not to do. And thank God for my husband because I've been like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't need you no more, you know? That's Misty talking again. That's not in Jesus. That's me talking. Today, sometimes I respond to people. I'm like, hold on, that was Misty talking. Let me go find out what Jesus wants to tell you. Because I'm an extrovert, so people will be like, my ex-husband done da 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 I'm like, ah, oh, this is how you're going to handle that man. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, hold on. That was Misty advice? I'm going to go get Jesus advice. And I go back. All right, Jesus says you got to love that man no matter what he does. That's seriously what happens because what happens is we set expectations for one another and I, we will fail each other every time. Let's just say that. We as people will fail each other. My husband, he's gonna fail me at times and I'm gonna fail him at times. My friendships, I'm gonna fail them at times. They're gonna, we're gonna fail each other. But we have to learn to keep our heart clean. We have to learn also not to compare because so many times they're like, well, why didn't they do this? And why didn't, they? well, that's your gift. And their gift is something different. So they don't think about doing that. Like my gift is not social media. I'm not gifted at that. Like people are like, you didn't wish me a happy birthday or anything. <laughs> but I just want to let you know, I didn't even wish my husband a happy birthday on social media. I'm like, this morning, oh, did I make it in time? Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible at posting on social media. That's not my thing. And then some people I'm like, I read through, I'm like, wow, Havana, how are you so good at that? You know, you're such a writer. So I'm like, can you be in charge of my social? No, kidding. She doesn't have time to be in charge of my social media page too. But, um, you know, we set expectations for each other, but comparison. And I want to, I want to talk, I want to read this story about Martha and Mary. I'm sure you guys have all heard it. Martha and Mary, right? Who's heard the story of Martha and Mary? 
Well, those that have not heard it, I'm going to I'm going to tell you. Luke 10. Luke 10, 20, 38. Right here. As Jesus and the disciples continued their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Welcome, Jesus. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair? I want to do it just how this woman would do it. Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all of the work? How dare her? Seriously, right? That's what it was. But Martha was gifted to serve and Mary was gifted to listen. And you know what? He actually found sometimes we, we do all this stuff to please people. And the very thing that we're doing isn't the very thing that they even want or need. Isn't that crazy? Jesus said, you know what? I don't even care about your dinner. I mean, how, who, who would get offended from that? If you prepared a dinner and they came over and be like, listen, you're getting upset because someone's not helping you with the dinner? Who cares? I, I would be like, oh. Martha was probably like, oh, what? Jesus, I'm sitting here serving you, and you're not appreciative that I'm doing the dinner, and she's sitting at your feet, and I want help, you know? But see, there it goes back to the heart. Who cares who does whatever? If the Lord has called you to do something, if the Lord speaks to you to do something for someone else, it doesn't matter what they do, right? Because if I'm giving because I'm expecting other people to help me do it, I'm doing it with the wrong motive anyways, right? So what happens is you started out with the right motive. Jesus, come, I want to welcome you. I want to feed you. I want to invite you into my home. But then she got offended in the middle of her assignment from her sister because her sister wasn't helping in the manner she expected her sister to help. She put the expectation on her sister that she didn't meet the expectation of what Martha wanted. Now Martha's mad. Now Martha's like, uh-uh, but if she would have had no expectation, I'm doing, what the, I'm doing what I feel in my heart to do. I'm giving with what I feel I'm doing in my heart, whether anybody does it or not, then I lay down my life to serve no matter what. It's in the heart. It's, it's what happens in the heart. You can start off with the right motive, and one little thing that doesn't meet your expectation can bring the offense to taint what, you, what you're doing in now because now she's mad that her sister's sitting at the feet. Not only that, she was probably a little jealous. How many times do we sit on our assignment and be like, well, what about me? Why does she get to sit at Jesus' feet? Now I'm doing all the work and I don't even get to sit at Jesus' feet. Now one, she's mad because Mary didn't meet the expectation. And now two, she's jealous because Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's not. When Jesus says, you know what, you could also sit at my feet if you want to. You can lay all this stuff down because the stuff of this, I don't even care about. All I care about is to spend time with you. That's how Jesus sees us. So many times we're working for Jesus, working for Jesus, working for Jesus, making ourselves so busy working for Jesus that we forgot to spend time with Jesus. And he's like, all I want is some time anyways because Jesus' love language was time. You know, has anybody ever done that love language test, the five love languages, you know? Quality time is something on God's top of his list. 
And he wants quality time with you. So there it is. We, when you set those expectations and people don't meet it, it, it causes things to come into our hearts that shouldn't be there. And now the very thing and the very purpose of what you were doing changes. And that is the enemy's scheme. So I want to encourage you women, don't set expectations. If I give to someone, I have no strings attached. If they stay in the church, great. If they don't stay in the church, it doesn't matter because I'm doing it because I feel it's an unction from the Lord. That means you don't make decisions based on feelings. You don't make decisions based on your emotions. You make decisions based on what he is saying to you, what comes out of the mouth of Jesus. Now, you have to understand what comes out of the mouth of Jesus in the written word, and then you have to hear the voice of God. And that's where, you know, the voice of God is where you say, Jesus, is that my husband or not? Because the Bible doesn't say Misty Mary Nicholas in the Bible. It's not written in the word. But I have to have a word from the Lord to say this is your husband. Because on the word from the Lord is why you pick your wedding ring back up and put it back on. (laughs) Right? That's why you're like, oh, I'm not going to divorce you because I fear God way too much. And I know God told me that you were my husband. So do you mind if I get that wedding ring back? (laughs) that's what happens because you have a word from the Lord right and everything you do you have to have his word but when you get his word don't allow the word to be stolen because you've set expectations and now it didn't meet your way amen or someone didn't do something something gets in the way and those are the tricks of the enemies he always wants to put little obstacles in your ways he always wants to put things in your way to get you to get your heart hardened to get your heart contaminated amen All right, we're going to go into this next. Let's see what Matthew 7, 7, 1 says. Wow, this is really good. Who's all set some expectations on people and said, you know what? I'm going to lay some expectations down. How I think they should clean the house, how I think they should do it, what I think they should do, how I think things should happen, how my boss isn't doing stuff that I think they should be doing. I don't agree with them on that. I mean, I could do it so much better than they could do it, but I'm not in that position, so I'll, God, you know, I don't, uh, God forbid, I tell them what to do, you know. <laughs> Just lay it down. Lay the expectation down, and you go to work saying it doesn't matter what my boss does. It doesn't matter what the people at work do. If I'm going to have to come in early and stay let, guess what? I'm going to get a promotion at the end of this day because I'm a Proverbs 31 woman, and I'm a problem solver. And anything that comes into that place, I can solve. Now you become like your boss, your person's like, you're, you become irreplaceable because it doesn't matter what comes, you can solve the problem. Amen? The only thing about I don't like about my phone is that it, it dies, like it goes to sleep. So this is how, this is how you uh, stay out of this. This is how you lay the expectations down. Do not judge others. That's it right there. <laughs> we can go home today. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. That's what it says. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard in which you will be judged. Choose your judging standard. The only thing I judge is the fruit. Are they walking in the fruit of the Spirit or not? Okay, I'm not going to trust what they have to say. 
That's what the Bible says we can judge. You can judge, you can judge your people by their fruit. So you can decide if they're in Jesus or not in Jesus. If they're not in Jesus, don't take a lick of wisdom they gotta say. Amen, because they're not in Jesus' wisdom. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the big log in your eye or the speck in your eye when you can't see the huge log sticking out of your own eye? That's what it says. So, so many times we're trying to help everybody fix everybody. Man, if they were only here and heard this message for themselves, they could get set free. But on, and the whole time you're missing out because you're the one that needs to come in saying, I'm not here to receive for anyone else. I'm here to receive for me. Now, when you get behind the pulpit and you're preaching, then you can deliver a word to the people. But until then, you have to say, you know what? I'm not gonna judge my friend because they do this. And you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it. And we're all guilty of it. And if you say you're not, shame on you. But you know, it's when you sit around the table or you're in the car with so-and-so and you're like, you know, I don't know. So-and-so just kind of really bothered me. So anyways, it's, it's in those moments where we're like, you know what, so-and-so, if they just would have done this, you know, that really irked me about so-and-so. I have to stop myself on my tracks. I'm a work in progress still, and sometimes that gets the best of me because someone didn't meet an expectation at work that I thought they should have and blah, 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 but I didn't even tell them the expectation. So how are they supposed to know about the expectation or, you know, whatever it is, you know, or they just don't have common sense sometimes. So, you know, you're like... How many times do I have to tell them the same thing? You know what I mean? But when, you at, when, you're, it's, it's when you're at home and when you're in the car where you're like, if they just would do this. Now I'm sitting here trying to get their speck out of their eye instead of worrying about what's in my own eye. Amen? So this is how we do it. We have to control the tongue, ladies. So we talked about our thinking. We talked about our heart and not setting false expectations for people. I'm not saying all expectations aren't good. If you have an expectation between your husband and wife, you have to communicate about that kind of stuff. And you have to say, you know what? Let's come into an agreement on this is the expectation that we have for each other. Do you know what I mean? But then there's those false expectations that you just gotta lay down. You have to decide, you know what? If somebody can't meet an expectation, you have to release them of that debt. You know, so many times we're like, man, my dad just didn't encourage me. They, you know what? He didn't know how to love you in that manner. You have to release him of the debt, the debt that he couldn't love you in the way that you wanted to be loved. I'm going to release him from it. I hold him captive no longer. Amen? And the, so we talked about our thinking, transforming our mind. We talked about the, the heart, and now we have to talk about the tongue because it's what goes into our eyes, that goes into our ears, that goes into our heart, that comes out of our mouth. Once it starts coming out of our mouth, that means you believe it. Once you believe it, that's faith. So what you believe is what you do because faith has action. So you're either gonna be, have faith in a negative manner, you're gonna have faith in the Lord, or you're, what, what is your faith in? Because that determines the course you go. And where you go and what you do is your character. So the tongue is a powerful tool, Right? You can't change the tongue until the thinking changes. Now, if your mind is renewed, but you know you got a heart problem, 
like bitterness towards someone, trust me, it took me an entire year to get over someone who really hurt me. And I, th- I almost gave up on the ministry. I was like, I ain't doing it no more. I'm done. I am done. And now here I am today starting a women's group. Take that, devil. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I am not getting close to another woman. Not happening. She said she was my lifer. What the hell? That's how we are. And you, guys, you get slapped. There I am. I didn't ride that wave. That wave, it took me a long time to get out of that wave. And I finally got up back on my surfboard and was like, I'm coming, Jesus. I actually went to a conference and I'm like, I'm in ministry, but I wouldn't come on a Wednesday night. I promise you for almost a year. I didn't want to get close to anybody. I wasn't doing outings with people. I didn't want people over my house. I didn't want to have fellowship with any other lady. Me and my children and my husband is enough. But let me tell you, when you stop pouring, then your well dries up. Who wants a stinky dry well? Not me. So I knew that's not what Jesus had for me, so I just had to come to the cross. I had to keep going. I had to keep going to the altar and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. And he's like, fine. You know, when you keep coming to Jesus, he starts to whisper what he needs to whisper to get you what you need, to get the healing that you need to get you back on your feet. I was like, Jesus, am I ever going to break through? I I knew I was broken down because I had already had this message in me, break down or break through. But I was like, God, am I ever going to break through this? Am I ever going to be back to normal? Am I ever going to be able to love with, just be able to love again with, with, um, with not worrying about what people are going to do to me? Am I ever going to get back to that place? And you know what? He brings you back to that place. You just have to keep coming to him. You have to keep seeking him. You have to keep coming to him and saying, Jesus, I know that this person did me wrong, but my heart is contaminated. I have forgiven them, but I don't know how to fix me. But he fixes you because it's in those moments with him. It's in those moments when you sit at Jesus' feet where he whispers what you already know. But when he whispers it to you, it doesn't matter how many preachers told you. It doesn't matter how many girlfriends told you. But when he, you're just sitting in worship and he whispers it to you. It's not about anyone else but me. Who cares who doesn't like you? Then everything else changes and you're like, who cares? Who cares? Jesus said he loved me. You know, but it's in those moments when he whispers to you. But if you're not spending time with him, if you're not seeking him, if you're not abiding in him, then you're not going to get those moments with him. So because when you come to the end of you, he breaks you through. Amen? So you have to choose, am I going to break down or am I going to break through? And for a whole year, I was like, Jesus, I'm, I feel like I'm down, but I'm going to break through. And I keep doing it and I keep going. I'm going to break through. I'm going to break through, I'm going to break through, I'm going to break through, and eventually he breaks you through. And then I went to a conference, and I, you know, he had whispered to me a few times in, those, in that year, and it was like a little bit of healing came, and I got a little stronger, you know? And I was like, all right, I'm going to make the decision to do this. One Wednesday, I ain't doing that no more, you know? You, here we are, double-minded, double-minded. And then I come up with excuses. Even though you know you're supposed to go, you come up with excuses on every reason why you can't go. I'm tired. Meanwhile, all the women that work with me worked longer hours, and they're here. So what's my excuse? Nothing but disobedience. So anyways, I went to a conference, and, I, and it was an Eddie James concert because I always liked Eddie James. I don't know if you guys know Eddie James. 
You should have been there when I came through. Church was on fire and a Holy Ghost too. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I feel the Spirit moving all over me. <laughs> so that was like one of those breakthrough songs that I used to do when I was younger. And I was like, yeah, I'm going there because I'm breaking through tonight. I'm sitting there and as a pastor sitting on the front row as a guest, they're like, who needs to get salvation tonight? And I'm sitting there and the Lord's like, you, honey, you need to go up for salvation again and recommit your life to me because you've been running. You haven't been doing my ministry like I called you to do my ministry. So you need to get back up and you need to get on your feet and you need to make the covenant exchange again. I was like, all right, Jesus. So I go up there crying, undone. Because, you know, when you come to Jesus, you get undone. It's like everything in you, doesn't matter who's standing there. But I'm telling you, when I recommitted, it, all it took was a one step of saying, I commit to you. Because I'm a woman of my word. The Lord knows me. He knows you so well. He knows what he needs to get you to do to get your breakthrough. That one active thing that says, you know what, because he knows me. If I say I'm going to do it, I got to do it. So for a long time on Wednesday, I didn't tell anybody that I was going to like come back to Wednesday because man, if I told people, then that means I had to show up because I will not be, I will not be a woman of, not of my word because if I say I'm going to do it, even if I know that I said I was going to do it and then it wasn't Jesus' will for me to do it, I still fulfill it and say, Jesus, I'm going to learn from this one because I'm going to only do what you told me to do. How many times do we put ourselves in situations where we're like, I'm going to commit to this and this and this and this and this, and then you commit yourself too far. But there you again, you made decisions by your emotions and your and people and people liking you and blah, 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 that now you got yourself too busy and, and, and now you can't spend no time with Jesus, Right? I don't know. Oh, so and he, I went to the altar and I recommitted because he's, he, knew, he knows me well enough to say, all right, Lord, if I know I'm saying it to you, I'm going to do it. And from there, it was like resurrection power that came up in me to say, you know what? You stand up and take your call. Put your coat back on. Amen? But you've got to watch your tongue, ladies. This is it. This is the last thing I'm going to leave you with. And then Siobhan's going to close in the song. Is your tongue. Your tongue is powerful. You can either sow life or death. You can either sow discord or you can sow, sow unity. What are you using your tongue for? Because your tongue determines which direction you go. It is like the rudder on the boat. It's like that little thing that turns on the boat that's like, I can go this way or I can go that way. The tongue is so powerful. It will set your day up for you. It will determine, am I gonna have a great day? Am I gonna have an okay day? Am I gonna have a bad day? What kind of day am I gonna, am I gonna have? It depends on what you're speaking. Now, if you're speaking something that you can't get over and you just can't get it out of your tongue and out of your mouth, then you know that it's deeply rooted in your thinking, which is a stronghold in the mind, which you have to change by renewing your mind of the word so that it can change your heart and change what's coming out of your mouth. Amen? Proverbs. You want to look up, all you got to do is Google. Google scriptures on the tongue. And you're going to be like, holy chamoli. You know, read it and be like, yep, Jesus. Oh, I got that. I'm going to take it. I am going to change that because in the renewing of my mind, I will not do that anymore because it's bringing me death. 
Amen? The news is made up of all drama, all the bad that's happening, right? How come they never display the good that's happening? You have to choose. You have to choose. What am I displaying? We can all find negative things to go after, and we can all find things to be thankful for. You have to choose. What am I displaying? And what you display is what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of your mouth is really what's in your heart. What comes out of your heart is what's in your head. This is the world I live in. That's what my husband says. This is the world I live in. So we have to change what our mouth is being used for. And let me tell you, it is a process. Let's see what Ephesians, Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I'm gonna leave you on this because this is great. You are gonna be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. You are his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. You will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, and all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each, to each other. You will be kind to each other. Tenderhearted, you are tenderhearted. Forgiving one another, I forgive easily. You forgive easily, amen? Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So as we sit in him, That's what he's gonna give us the ability to do. And I'm telling you, if we can get the ability to control what comes out of our mouth, which is what is in our heart, which determines what's in our mind, it's gonna change everything because when we're in him, he's gonna give us the will that he has for us and we're gonna be prosperous in all things we do. We're gonna become that Proverbs 31 woman so secure in ourselves because you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter, it's about what I what God is, the relationship I have with Jesus and what he's gonna do through me. Amen? Hope that encouraged you guys this morning. We're gonna end with a worship song and then we're gonna be done, ladies. And I just wanna let you know that you are precious. You are worth more than rubies. You just have to see yourself as that. And so many times we don't see ourselves as that is because if we don't, think that about ourselves. But as you get transformed in the thinking of what he thinks of you, I'm telling you right now, you're gonna start believing that. I want you guys to believe how powerful you guys are. I want you guys to all believe that you are a prized possession. Amen? In the app, there's a, it's called the God, I don't know, it's a young girl that was doing it. And, you know, she, she just started speaking, but it's such good stuff. I want you guys to listen to it. When I post these messages in the band app, it's there to encourage you. It's there for you guys to get into that. I, when I'm in my car, I just play it. And, and I'll listen to it for a whole week. I've listened to the first one for like two weeks, and I just keep letting that play over and over. And every time I play it, I'm like, okay, I get 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there and 15 minutes there in between drives. And before I know it, I'm like, I'm, I'm walking around being like, I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. Girl, you don't know who you are? Uh-uh, I gotta tell you who you are. You are a prized possession. 
And then now you're getting encouraged. Now you're encouraging other women. It's just what happens because now I'm displaying something different because I've changed something different in my thinking. Amen. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. What's up with the family?